Matthew chapter 9, please. Matthew chapter 9. I don't know if you've all seen our latest prayer letter or not. It's got a very special prayer request in it. It's something that God's placed in my heart that we'd like to see come to pass. If the Lord tarries in the next 10 years, we'd like to see 100 Argentine men uh, called into full-time ministry to help us plant churches throughout Argentina. And so uh, that's why we say that if the Lord tarries, we believe the next 10 years will be the greatest years of church planting in Argentina. And so uh, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. If you'd stand with me, please. We'll read the scriptures, then I'll pray, and then you can be seated again. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the folks that are here this morning. Thank you for a beautiful day to worship you and celebrate uh, another day of life. And I pray, Father, in these next few minutes that you would uh, use your word to speak to our hearts. I ask that maybe there might be someone here that would hear your calling for them even to be missionaries in Argentina. I'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus is the one that's looking, and he's looking on the multitudes, and it says he has compassion on them. And that compassion is because he sees a multitude of people lost, heading to hell. All right? And That is a vision that I believe that he wants you and I to have also. Do you realize, I I can tell you about, and I'm going to be telling you about, the need in Argentina. But do you realize that America is no longer a Christian nation? Uh, We can tell you, uh, we've been here about three months now, we can tell you America is becoming a very good third world country. And the reason I say is because we see a lot of things up here that we've seen for years in Argentina, that's a third world country, okay? Argentina, 41 million people, nine states, nine of our 23, not even one independent Baptist church. Think about that, Ohio, without one independent Baptist church. We have nine out of the 23 without one independent Baptist church. We have 30 cities, or over 30 cities, between 100,000 and 500,000 people, not one independent Baptist church. And people ask me, well, aren't there other evangelical churches down there? Yes. But you know what? The majority have swung, and their focus is this. Preaching about money. And what it's done is this. It's also taken them away from preaching about salvation is by grace. And now it's works so that they can get more money out of the people. If you want the blessings of God, give the money. Okay? And so, 
even there's other evangelical churches, they've swung away from teaching that salvation is by faith only in Jesus Christ. And now it's faith plus other things. And that's not biblical salvation. Okay? That's, that's trying to get yourself to heaven some other way. And we have cities. You know, we have people. Hey, come on down. We can give you a whole city by yourself if you want it to preach the gospel in, you know. And we can give you a whole state even if you want to come down and preach the gospel. And there's no other independent Baptists around. You don't have to worry about them, okay? You can, you can plant a church and do it your way and no one's going to say anything because there's no other person around to, to bother you, you know. And, and Jesus, he lifts up, and I believe, uh, he's lifting up and he says the multitudes without him as their Savior and he has compassion on them. Amen. Uh, and they're multitudes. Uh, they're multitudes. It's the majority. Do you realize we are in the minority? Not only as independent Baptists, but Christians, uh, real born again Christians are in the minority, even in America. And when we talk about Argentina, it's even worse, especially now that we have an Argentine Pope. Because before they were nominal Catholics, but now they're starting to come back, you know, because, hey, we haven't, we got to come back to the church because we have an Argentine Pope. Hmm? And he sees the multitudes and, he, and he's filled with compassion. And you know, folks, I believe that's what he wants us to have, compassion on lost people. But you know what? You know where his compassion for them, for us, led him? To the cross. To the cross. And think about it. If we, and we have to be careful what we pray for, do we not? If if we say, God, give me the compassion that you had, are we ready to pay the price? Because to have that kind of compassion, folks, it's going to cost us something. If we're going to have the compassion of Christ for an unsaved world... For unsaved neighbors, for unsaved family members, for unsaved co-workers, for unsaved friends at school. It's going to cost us. And you know what? Many times we're not willing to pay the price. And you know what the biggest price is today? To be made fun of in America, right? I don't think anybody's going to kill us, right? They're not going to crucify us. But they are going to make fun of us. They might even get mad at us. Because we're telling them that there's only one way to get to heaven. But I believe Jesus said that in John 14, 6. Did he not? I am the way. He didn't say I am one of the ways. He said I am the way. And they're going to get mad at us. You know, because... The majority of churches teaches other ways to get to heaven. You know? It's going to cost us. But you know what? Jesus wants His followers, us, to have the same compassion for lost people. 
and to understand, to lift up our eyes, get our eyes off of ourselves. You know, we are self-centered. I'm talking about all human beings. All human beings. Not just all human. We are born self-centered. If you don't believe that, you know, how many of you all have kids? Do you remember sometimes 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, hearing some awful wail? And you just knew something had to be wrong. And you went in there and that baby was not hungry. Their diaper was not wet or messed in. There was nothing. What happened is he or she woke up, didn't have anything else to do and wanted attention. And knew that the way to get attention was to start screaming. It's unbelievable that something that small can yell like they have a microphone on. You all understand what I'm saying? Some of y'all, uh, especially 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you've just fallen into that real good sleep period, you know. And they start screaming. We are born self-centered. But to have the compassion that Christ had for the multitudes, what we see here, we have to get rid of that self-centeredness. Amen. We have to get our eyes on others and their needs. And especially their need of salvation by grace through faith. Their, their need of repenting of their sins and trusting Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. We have to get to the point where if God says, Hey, I want you in Africa. That we don't start singing, please don't send me to Africa. I don't think I've got what it takes. <laughs> I'm just a man. I'm not a Tarzan, you know. And I don't like all those snakes, you know. <laughs> you know, but if God calls you to Africa, you're willing, you have that compassion, you're willing to say with Isaiah, here my Lord, send me. Here my Lord, send me. You know, you hear a missionary, we have, we're in missions conference, heard a missionary in New Guinea talking about what they eat. And I'm saying, <laughs> Bugs and everything. Just snatching bugs out. No, you know. I say, man, some of us got to suffer for Jesus. Meat, potatoes, and pasta. Argentina. Hey. Some of us got to suffer, you know. But, uh, you know, wherever God calls you, if you have that compassion... If you have surrendered your life fully to Jesus Christ and that you want to see this world through his eyes and that you want to have his compassion for lost souls across this world, if it will not matter, folks, where he calls you, you will go. It will not matter if you have to give up a good job, you will go. I was telling the class downstairs that my son-in-law's Family. His dad is American. His mom's Argentine. His dad is one of these computer geeks, you know. He can program robots at GM and all these kind of things. He gave up a good job here when David was 11 to go to Argentina. And he's not a preacher. But they decided to move to Argentina to win her family to Christ. Think about it. And today he's probably making a tenth or less of what he could be making here in the United States. And he gave it up to go to Argentina to win her family to Christ. Amen. And now David's been called to be a pastor. His daughter's been called to be a pastor's wife, married to one of our preacher boys. 
That's compassion for the lost that we see Jesus having here. And it says, Then saith he unto his disciples in verse 37, The harvest truly is plenteous. That's true, is it? The majority are lost in this world. The majority are lost. The harvest truly is plenteous. But, that three-letter word, but, the laborers are few. But, the laborers are few. What do you have to do to be a laborer? Anybody know? To be a laborer, what do you have to do? Work. Oh, I just cussed in church. (laughs) Because that's like a cuss word today across the world. Work. Because a lot of people don't want to work. You know? I mean, I've said three, you know, we have, we have to give our students uh, scholarships. But they're work scholarships. I tell them nothing's free. We've had to send three young men home because they wanted office work. I said, if i got any office work, it's going to go to the girls. It's not going to go to you guys, you know. Work. And you know what? If you, if you really look here, he did not say, but the Christians are few. That's not what he said. He did not say, there are not enough Christians to take the gospel across the world to these multitudes without Christ. What he said, that among the Christians, among the Christians, the laborers are few. Among the Christians, there's not enough willing to work for my kingdom. Not enough willing to work to take my gospel to all these multitudes that are still lost without Christ. That's what he said. He did not say the Christians are few. I mean, you think about America. We were founded on Christianity. How many radio programs across America preach the gospel? Man, you TV programs also. You mean... How many bookstores, Christian bookstores, are there in America? It's not a lack of Christian radio programs or Christian TV programs or Christian internet programs. It's not a lack of of Christian bookstores. It's a lack of laborers. Those willing to talk to their neighbor about Christ. Those that are willing to talk to their co-workers about Christ. Those that are willing to talk to their friends at school about Christ and pay the price of getting made fun of. Of people getting upset. Okay? But you see, if I have the compassion, it's not going to, the sacrifice is not going to worry me. Do you realize that there's, and this is a sad state when I'm talking about us Christians, there's a lot and I'm talking about thousands of unsaved people with compassion on the poor and needy that give up America to go to a third world country in order to feed them or to provide medical services to them. They give everything up here to go to a third world country to live in poverty. Some of them are living in huts. 
Because they have compassion on those hungry children or, or on those that don't have the medical uh, services that we have here. And they give their lives to go over to these countries because they have compassion on these people. Where are we? Why is there still nine states in Argentina without an independent Baptist church in it? It, it, it flabbergasts me. Why is there still nine whole states in Argentina without an independent Baptist preacher preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know what? We've got people from all across the world feeding the poor in Argentina. We've got people from America, Europe, you know. In Argentina, providing services to the poor because they have compassion on them. Where are we with our compassion for the lost, knowing they're going to die and spend eternity in hell? They might be getting all the food they need, medical services, but what good is it, the Bible says, if they lose their soul in hell? What good is it? I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing that they're doing. What I'm saying is, a lot of times the unsaved are showing more compassion than you and I. Because really, if we're going to, if you want to see if we're showing compassion, if we really have the compassion for them, we're going to be laborers in His harvest field. In verse 38, it says it's His harvest. It's His harvest field. He says the laborers are few. Hmm? The labors of you. Listen, multitudes without Christ. The harvest is plenteous. Labors are few. But praise the Lord, like He always does, He gives us the answer. Our God always gives us the answer. Huh? Even if He presents us with a problem, He always gives us an answer. That last verse is pray therefore the Lord of the harvest. That he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now you think about that. When I, when, I, when I stop to think about that. Pray you there for the Lord of the harvest. They will send forth laborers into his harvest. That's good. And sometimes you know, we, you know, we say, God please send somebody to Argentina. Amen. Right? God please send somebody to Africa. God, please send somebody to here or there, you know. God, uh, please send this guy somewhere, you know. And you, you know what we're saying? When we're praying like that, you know what we're, a lot of times what we're saying? But don't send me. Yeah. Send him, but don't send me, you know. And sometimes we pray, you know, uh, you know, God, you know, I can't go because I've got two or three kids. Where's it saying here that you can't go because you got two or three kids? You know? Well, God, I can't, I can't go because I'm in, you know, I'm in my 50s. I can't go. How could I go to Argentina? I'm in my 50s. You realize we've had two farmers in their mid to late 50s come to Argentina as missionaries? Think about that. We've had two farmers that God has called them to be missionaries in Argentina in their mid to late 50s. And they had to come down and learn the language. Neither one of them spoke very well. All right. 
One's still down there. All right? And our students love him. They can't hardly understand what he's saying. You know? But you know what I tell them? Look at his heart. Look at his heart. They are servants. He and his wife are servants. And they love the people. And when our students start looking at their heart, they love him. And when they want somebody to pray for them, you know who they go to? Him. And he was in his mid-50s when he came down. You know? And a lot of times when we're praying, God send missionaries here or there. A lot of times we're doing it because we're saying, but don't send me. A lot of parents will pray, God, send somebody here or there, but don't send my kids. And they think, why not? You know, if we pray like that, you know why not? There's no compassion. The compassion of Christ is not there. Because if the compassion of Christ was there, we would say, send me. If we would send, you know, and, and the way to get that compassion is to know God intimately. Isaiah chapter 6. When Isaiah saw God for who he is, he said, here my Lord, send me. And you know what? When Isaiah said, here my Lord, send me, he did not know what he was getting into. Do you understand that? When Isaiah saw God for who he really is, And when Isaiah said, heard the Lord calling, you know, who can I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah said, I'm volunteering. Here, my Lord, send me. And he did not know what he's getting into. And that's the majority. That's the way it is, folks. Excuse me. We we do not know what we're getting into. When I went to Argentina, I did not know what I was getting into. I did not know it would be so... Difficult for a 30-something-year-old to learn Spanish, okay? Well, I couldn't speak English very well, you know, so I had to learn Spanish too, you know. But, you know, God doesn't give us the whole picture because right. it scares us to death. There's no, not in my wildest dreams that I believe we'd have a camp and a college today. Not in my wildest dreams. But God, because He's God, can use us who even in ourselves don't think that we're much and use us to accomplish His will. And folks, when we pray the Lord of the harvest that He'd send forth laborers, and I tell our people this, I believe every Christian ought to say to God, God, do you want me in full-time ministry? Do you want me in your ministry work somewhere full-time? Now, Listen, I don't believe God calls everybody to be a preacher or missionaries, but I believe at least we ought to let God, we do call him Lord, do we not? Lord, which means boss, owner. We've been bought with a price, right? And so we're the glorified God in our bodies and our spirits. I believe that we ought to say, God, here am I. Send me. And if God says, hey, that's okay. I just want to see if you were willing Stay in Sydney. Stay where you're at. That's all right. But I think we ought to at least, when we're praying that God would send laborers into His harvest, I believe that we ought to 
get our selfishness out of the way and say to God, God, I am available. Because if I'm available to go to Argentina and God says, well, just stay here. You know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be working in his kingdom here through this church instead of just sitting. God called us, folks, to serve. He called us to model, to imitate Jesus Christ, did he not? To walk in his footsteps. And what was Jesus Christ? A servant. Amen. A servant. That's why he would wash his disciples' feet. That's why he would lay down his life for many. He showed compassion on the lost. And that compassion sent him, compelled him, if you would, compelled him to the cross so that you and I, as lost people, one day could hear the gospel message of Christ and receive him as our Savior and have our sins forgiven and become a child of God. But now that we're children of God, he wants us to be laborers in his harvest. It is his harvest According to these scriptures, he wants us not just to be Christians. He wants us to be laborers in his harvest. And if we talk, look at the scriptures, it starts at Jerusalem. And then it spreads out from Jerusalem to the entire world. So he wants you to be involved in his harvest right here. But he wants you to be willing to be involved in his harvest in Argentina, if that's his will. And that begins, folks, with us bending the knee, recognizing him as Lord of our lives and saying, Lord, like Isaiah said thousands of years ago, here am I. Send me. If you want me to go to Argentina, Father, I am willing. If you want me to stay here, I'm willing to stay here. You know what? Because there's some people that are not willing to stay home, Right? There's some people that are always dreaming to go somewhere else and they're not willing to stay home. But if it's, God, if it's your will for me to stay home, I'm willing. But Father, I'm promising you today, I want to be involved in your harvest. Give me your compassion that I can see your harvest through your eyes that would compel me to be willing to sacrifice whatever for their salvation. Even if that means giving up the comforts of America and going to a third world country, I am willing. We have a young man that graduated from our Bible college. He came to Argentina from Bolivia. <clears throat> Bolivia is a very, very, very poor country. So they ca he came to Argentina to work. Very good worker. And so he came to Argentina to work, got saved, and... and and then moved up to the Rosario area, became a member of uh, the church where my associate's now the pastor. Uh, while he's ministering there for a little bit, God called him to full-time ministry, attended our Bible college, graduated from our Bible college. He's doing his internship now, about ready to finish up. And he came to Argentina for what? A better life. A better life. But you know what he's going to do next year? He's going to go back to Bolivia and start a church. Amen. He's going to go back to Bolivia and start a church. He married an Argentine girl. 
I wrote a Sadina, and she's already said, I'm willing to go back to a country that's a whole lot poorer than even Argentina. You know what that took? What we're talking about today, compassion on the lost, total surrender to God, seeing God for who he is and understanding that he is Lord and bending the knee and allowing him to be Lord of my life. And Rene is going back to his people to start the first independent Baptist church in that area where he's going to, to preach the gospel of Christ to his harvest so that they might be saved. Let's all stand, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed.